0: As I said earlier, we're launching the series today, but really next week we're getting into the, the different movies and the different themes. But uh, today is sort of a backdrop message, and so we're going to look today at, at why we can appreciate movies, um, at least the good ones, and then the need to evaluate the ideas you find in, in the movies. The stories of a culture carry its values. And the filmmakers are the storytellers of our day. And so the media, to a tremendous degree, carries the values of, of our culture. It, it's, it's getting them out there. It's interesting, Jesus was a master storyteller. I was thinking this morning, I could only imagine how powerful a movie would be if he were the screenwriter and the producer and the one bringing the whole thing together. It would be very powerful. Because what Jesus did in his teaching, he would use parables or stories to communicate important truths, eternal truths. So he would take an everyday thing or an everyday experience and he would tell a story about it that would connect with the hearts and minds of the people listening and lights would go on. And he did this intentionally He told these parables. A parable is a a short story that it has an eternal truth wrapped in an everyday story. He did this constantly in his teaching. So one time, his disciples asked him, why do you do that? (laughs) Why do you always speak in parables? Why don't you just give three points and explain exactly what you're trying to say? And he gave them this answer when they asked him why he used parables. He said in Matthew 13, Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, speaking of his teaching, his truth about God, what God says, that God is real and he, this is the way life works, whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and the understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of rep- rep- receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories, to create readiness. To nudge the people toward receptive insight. This is a paraphrase. It's out of the message. But it's a great description of what Jesus was saying there. He, He told stories to nudge the people toward readiness. This is what stories do. This is what movies do. Stories and movies, they nudge us in a certain direction. And if you're a follower of Christ, as you're nudged in a certain direction you have to be careful that you're being nudged in a direction that Jesus would want you to go because you're following him. And so we're talking today about how to evaluate what's going on, the ideas that you hear. I was at a rock concert 10 or 15 years ago. I don't know. It all runs together now. A friend of mine had a ticket. I didn't actually buy the ticket to the rock concert, but friend had a ticket. I went with him. We had a great time. It was fun. It was one of my favorite bands from high school. And the first half, I was distracted because I was watching everything going on around me, which were things that i didn't normally see in my everyday life okay th- things were happening and i didn't really get caught up in the music, but the second half i got I got sort of sucked in because they they did this set that was it was it was just very nostalgic for me so i'm 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 pulled in and i'm starting to get into the music and i'm starting, and you know how music is the, the the words just come back. And so I start to sing this song, and I think, wait a second, I can't say that. I can't sing that song anymore. I, I did. I probably shouldn't have sang it then. I was, a, you know, I was a Christian when I sang it before. But I said, I can't, really, I can't really sing that from the heart. And I realized in the 25 years from high school to then that I had actually matured that I'd actually began to think about the ideas I was absorbing from the people around me. And I I gathered that the need to do that from the scripture, as I'd walked with God for a few years and some people taught me how to pay attention to what's going on. And so that's what we're doing today. We're 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 gonna we can appreciate our culture, the talent, the ability that people have. And I really I enjoyed that rock concert. I, I really appreciate the the talent of the band. But while we're doing that, we have to be careful not to get caught up in it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that, because movies are like the parables of our culture. Filmmakers are the storytellers of our day who craft the parables in the movies. Movies carry the values and the wisdom of our culture, and they nudge us in a definite direction designed by the filmmaker to lead us to a certain conclusion. And so we have to be paying attention. When the story of a movie or song connects with a deep truth about life, it makes us think. And actually, the most enduring stories are the ones that connect to deeper truths or deeper realities about life, and they resonate in our hearts. Movie makers know this. They know the deep truths, and so they're willing to to design a movie to draw us in the direction that they think we should go. So we, we've got to watch out for that. They're per, very powerful ways of communicating. And you know, when you see a good movie and it it touches your heart, you just you don't want it to end, and it goes by fast. It's over. It's like ah, oh, that was great. You know, the good movies do that. So. We want to watch out for that. The great films actually mirror the best themes of the Bible. There's the David and Goliath theme. Um, Cowboys and Aliens is coming out at the end of the summer. We're going to actually talk about that. Uh, We're not going to talk about the movie, the theme from the movie, uh, banding together to save the world. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but it's, you, you, there's a David, you know, you're like overwhelmed by what's happening. How are we going to deal with this? Aaron Brokovich was like that. This is the little person against the big Goliath, Rudy, same kind of theme. Another theme that shows up in movies a lot is, is the all hope is lost, and at the last second, a miracle happens to save the day. That's Moses at the Red Sea. You know, all, how is this going to, whoa, we're getting chased down, boom, the Red Sea opens up and shoo, you go right through. So that's a theme that shows up. I haven't seen the new Transformers movie, but in the prior ones, that that theme was there for sure. And then Thor showed up in Thor. How is he going to get out of this? Okay, hope I didn't ruin it if you haven't seen Thor. Um the third, another theme is redemption and i also i would like to say this i'm not going to ruin any movies for you hopefully in the, in the series uh, redemption or resurrection is a good theme like rocky that's redemption movie you know coming back making it back um, sacrifice is always a compelling theme because it resonates in our hearts cinderella man where the dad in the middle of the depression there's very little food to go around uh, the father and the daughter have a slice of bologna each for dinner, and she asks him for more, and through sleight of hand, she hands him his piece of bologna. It's getting to me now. <laughs> you know, they resonate. And knowing the Bible enriches our movie viewing, like it does everything else. As we as we get into Scripture, are allowed to soak in watch the movies, and begin to learn how to evaluate the ideas that we see there. So this summer, what we're going to do, at least in July and the first part of August, we're going to identify the strongest spiritual themes or the themes of each movie that we're talking about and look at what the Bible says about it. We're not going to study the movies themselves or really talk a lot about them, but the themes that are highlighted in each movie because the values And the messages in our culture are carried in these. The teachings of our culture are carried in the movies. So pretty important, pretty fun. I also would like to make sure that you know I'm not endorsing the movies. I'm not even going to go to at least one of the movies. I'm not going to go watch it. It's uh, the one Friends with Benefits. It's rated R. The reason I chose to do that movie is because that's a theme. There was one that came out earlier in the spring, No Strings Attached. And then this Friends with Benefits, that's a theme in our culture that has to do with our approach to sex and our ideas about sex. I'd like to uncover those and begin to see what Scripture says about that. So I'm not endorsing the movies. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend going to them. But it's so important that we pay attention to the ideas that are flowing through our culture and learn what Scripture says about them that that we're going to dig in, box office wisdom in July and the first part of August. So, that's what we're doing. One idea behind this series is that movies can reflect, and they do reflect, a general understanding of God and his wisdom. The best ones do, for sure. Uh, the Bible makes it clear that God has revealed himself to the whole world in a general way. You see this in Romans one nineteen through 21. Again, it's in the message, which is a paraphrase, but... But the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes, and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see uh, what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. Whether we know the Bible or not, or whether we follow Jesus or not, there's a certain amount of information about God that's available just by looking at creation, by living in it. And it's available to everybody on the planet. God does, God's revealed himself in this way of purpose. It's called general revelation. In general, we can know some things about God. There's a man named Don Richardson who wrote a book called Eternity in Their Hearts. really, really interesting book. I just began to get into it while I was gone. Had the month also, I was able to do some reading I wouldn't normally have time to do. But he, re- he wrote the book to show how God has revealed himself to hundreds of people groups throughout the world in this general way to prepare them for the gospel. Very interesting pieces of history that he's included in this book that show how God has laid the foundation. There's some startling evidence in the book as to how God did this. And he says this, no other message on earth has an inside track already laid for it in the belief systems of thousands of very different human societies. And, and that's true. One of, one of the stories was about Acts 17. I don't know if you know that story or if you remember the story of Paul at Mars Hill in Acts 17. But he, he's talking to uh, some the Athenians. And he's going to share the gospel with them. And he goes. he's in the middle of uh, a place that has a bunch of idols, the Arapagus, a bunch of idols. And there's one altar to an unknown God. And he goes to that altar and he says, this this God that is unknown to you, I want to tell you who he is. He's the creator of the universe, the one who made it. He put you here in hopes that you would seek him and find him. And he starts there and he goes to the gospel about Jesus Christ. I always thought, wow, that was pretty slick of Paul to go to the altar of the unknown God and to launch from there and get their attention that way. Actually, six centuries before that, God had done something in Athens. It's, it's a piece of history. He had done He had reversed a plague that was overtaking the people of Athens. And they didn't know his name. And so they... They made these altars to the unknown God. So when Paul went to that altar, it was actually the God of the universe, the one who made us, that he was talking about. He knew the story, and that's why he went there. So this book reveals how God has revealed himself in a general way to prepare people to hear and understand the gospel or the good news about Christ. We, we see this in the movies. People have a general understanding of things. The best ones do. And obviously, not all the ideas are right, but we can launch from the themes of the movies to the truth about God, the specific truth about God we find in Scripture. God wants us to move from a general idea about Him to a very personal understanding and friendship with Him. So he, we can enjoy and appreciate our culture without getting caught up in it. And we need to watch out for that. So today... We're going to talk about how to avoid getting caught up in it because box office wisdom must match God's Word in order to be real wisdom. It has to match God's Word to be real. Romans 12 says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. This is what God does. So today I want to look at how to decipher the message of a movie and recognize real wisdom. Just give you some general tools that you can begin to try to work with as you watch movies and get into songs and TV shows and other things that that have helped me. These are things that have helped me. And I think they'll help you. <clears throat> what happens when we watch a movie and what happens when we experience life is we, we gather ideas. Now, an idea is, is when your mind formulates an image based on something that you've seen, something you've imagined, something that's either abstract or something you've sensed. It becomes an idea. You see something and you develop an idea. Now, there's different kinds of ideas that we develop. And I've, I've given you on the screen a little chart of, or the, the, the names that we I give, give to different kinds of ideas. First, first one is an impression. Impressions result immediately from some kind of stimulation of the senses. In other words, you see something, or you hear something, and you gather an impression. It leaves an impression in you, and it forms an idea. That impression. This is what happens on movies, through the media, because it, it, it tugs on us in our emotions. So we have impressions. Another kind of idea is a notion. An idea that's not much resolved by analysis or reflection. It may suggest that it's capricious, which is impulsive or unpredictable. It may just have been gathered by impulse, or it's accidental. Um Notions and impressions are what we get from the media, movies, TV, music. We gather these. We we collect these. And many people, it's easy for people actually, and I know I've done it and maybe I do it, it's easy to operate in some ways out of the notions and impressions you pick up from the media. Other, other thoughts are concepts. These are ideas that are formed by consideration of patterns. You think through patterns and instances and it's, a concept is more broadly your idea of the way something should be and then there's a thought which is the result of reflecting, reasoning, or meditation. So we have these things and I want to encourage us to develop our thought life, our thinking. to to begin to evaluate what's going on. Since it's so easy to pick up notions and impressions and gather them from movies and the media and then begin to live based on those things, Uh, we need to check all of our notions and impressions against the Scripture because box office wisdom must match the, the Word of God to be real. It's interesting. Filmmakers don't build their ideas on timeless truths and principles of Scripture that are available in the Bible, God's graciously made these available to us. We can get to know what he thinks about life, how it works, and begin to build our life on it. <clears throat> I read a, an interview with Steven Spielberg where he was talking about the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and he was describing the, the, the father and the, the character of the father In the movie, I can't remember his name right now, but this is what he said about that. He said, when older people read my script, they wanted me to make him a single man who wouldn't have to give up his family. I saw it as a story about a man who has to follow his dream, his obsession to its natural conclusion. Everybody of my generation got it, but everybody older thought it was irresponsible. But I must tell you, I would have not written it that way today. Now that I have seven children, never. I would never write a story today that encourages a father and husband to abandon his family. So what happens is these film writers, they're not basing their, their script on timeless, tested, proven principles that you can find in Scripture. But they show up in the movie, they tug at our hearts, and I bet many, many people... That's one of the themes that you see in in movies. Follow your dream to its natural conclusion. That is a high value. It's one of the highest values in our culture. Well, you see Steven Spielberg, after he'd lived life a while, he shifted his value. That was put under being responsible and taking care of your family. That's, That's what happens. We see a value sort, and we gather these, and we have to be careful that we don't start living them out in the way that we approach our life without thinking them through. That we need to make sure. This is why olders, olders in the Bible, olders are to teach the youngers. It's because the olders have lived. They've seen what happens when you base your life on certain truths, certain principles. And they see how it turns out, good or bad. They have a lot to tell us either from their mistakes or from just seeing it lived out in the lives of others. So that's very important. Those who've walked with God for many years have tested out the truth in his word, and they can recognize counterfeit wisdom, and that's what God wants each of us to do, to get into the word and test it out. So it's very important to counter the tendency to collect notions and impressions from the media. We need to filter the ideas that you collect through the truths and the Bible. You filter the ideas through the Scripture. In other words, we shouldn't just collect the ideas and stack them in our hearts and minds and have them there and bring one out like when we meet a situation. But what we need to do is think it through and try to put them together, tie the, tie the thoughts together to see if they fit and see if we can float on them. The best way to do that is measure what you're hearing and seeing with the Scripture because those ideas have been tested. If we don't evaluate and the ideas that we're collecting, they can produce harmful attitudes and actions. Uh, wrong ideas can be like seeds that grow weeds in our hearts and mind that show up in our relationships and the way we handle our responsibilities, like following your dream to its natural conclusion. If, if you buy into that, and we hear that a lot, if you, if you give yourself to that, you feel ripped off if you have to bear responsibility. I'm ripped off. I'm afraid that I'm not going to have the best kind of life that I could possibly have if I, don't, if I stay here and take care of my responsibility. Woe is me. I need to follow my dream. So don't don't feel bad. I did that in church last week. My cell phone went off. I have no idea what happened. Um, but I was a congregant. <laughs> and I felt really bad. <laughs> um, sorry. I, it, it brought that to mind. And it was somebody cheering. Some song went off on my phone. I don't know how it happened. but um, Anyway, if, if we're not careful, these ideas, they lead us in directions that ruin us. Here are some of the common themes that you see on TV and in the movies. Have, have faith in yourself. Or just have faith. In general, morality is a matter of personal values. Kids are wiser and more sensitive than their parents. Men are inept and insensitive. Committed Christians are lunatics and out of touch with reality. We're nuts. Um, every form of sexual adventurism is acceptable. Witches and people with supernatural power are normal and nice. That's one of the themes. There's another angle. If, if, if their goal is to scare the tar out of you, it's a different, it's a different deal. Um, tolerance is among the highest values that you see. Uh, Especially on TV, you see these last two things. Consumerism is the answer to your problem. And then stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. You're going to miss out if you don't see this, if you don't do this. We have to guard against collecting the wrong ideas. This week we were driving around listening to a song that Lindsay and I both enjoy, and this line came on the song that she goes, I don't like that line. I said, oh, well, what's it say? And I started thinking about it, and it's, if God forbid, fate should step in and, and force us to say goodbye. It's about a couple in high school who are together. And if God forbid, fate should step in and force us to say goodbye. And I hadn't really given any thought to that line. But think about the logic of that. Fate can overpower God. God seems to be out of control. Fate's the thing that, that trumps God. And it forces us to say goodbye. I don't know fate, but I know God. He's a very personal being who is in control of the universe. And fate is not going to force anything without him. Fate, fate's not really a real, a real entity. God is. And so we need to think about these things. Box office wisdom must match God's word to be real. In my prep for this message, I saw uh, something that I'm going to show you, a short video, that put a name to something that I've been trying to guard against for years. It's imitation value extracts. And we need to watch out for imitation value extracts, especially uh, parents of young children as you watch Things it's, it's important. One of the most dangerous things we can do is to stay general in our thinking about God and about how life works. We stay general and we never draw conclusions. We never nail it down. But God has revealed himself in a general way, as I said earlier, only so we can get to know him more personally. So that we can dig into the scripture And identify his amazing characteristics and the wisdom that he's graciously shared with us in the scripture. So, here's an explanation of imitation value extracts. I'd like you to watch this.
1: I think the most dangerous feature of mainstream family-friendly films is the ubiquitous inclusion of what I call imitation value extracts. These are virtues or convictions that have been extracted from their context. They're ready-made virtues. It's easy to account, or should I say bank account, for their existence. Hollywood producers want to make as much money as possible from their films, naturally. In order to do this, they have to attract as many viewers as possible. This means it's important for them to neutralize any elements in their films that might unduly offend any potential market. Thus, value extracts allow any number of viewers with vastly different substantive beliefs to pour their own definitions, sources, and foundations into the generalized, non-exclusive frameworks of any given film. Allow me a detour for a moment to talk about an interesting biblical backdrop for this discussion. The word translated medium in the Old Testament, meaning necromancer or sorcerer, is the Hebrew word ob. forgive me if I'm not pronouncing that right, but it means empty wineskin. This means that the mediums, the media, emptied themselves out so that they could be filled with any passing spirit. In the same way, Hollywood has embraced a stance of tolerant pluralism, emptying itself of any divisive or exclusive convictions so as to be open to the opinions, and especially the money, of any passing viewer. Let's look at a few examples of objectless, foundationless value extracts in family films. Consider the movie Prince of Egypt, DreamWorks Animation's first film, which is loosely based on the biblical account of Moses. The theme song for the film is entitled, When You Believe. The chorus to this song is, There can be miracles when you believe. Though hope is frail, it's hard to kill. Okay, so anyway, it goes on. Who knows what miracles you can achieve when you believe? Somehow you will. You will when you believe. This is a great example of extracted values. Here, the faith and hope have no object. Their value is intrinsic. The focus is on the individual's act of belief not on the object of his belief. You can achieve miracles if you believe, even if what you believe in doesn't exist. There is power in the act of belief. Belief is its own reward. It doesn't matter what or who you believe in, just that you believe. The belief itself is what is valuable about religion because it gives you the strength to carry on through difficult times.
0: I you, if you're a person who's following Christ or if you're considering it, it's important to give con- content to what you're putting your faith in. And <clears throat> this happens in the media all the time. They pull out the main idea, general idea that and they strip it. And we, we watch out and like, yeah, I believe. We we get into that, but we fill our own content into it. What I'm encouraging you to do—that was from Movieology. It's a, a website you can go to, and it gives feedback and uh, <clears throat> a lot of—it gives some reviews on movies and some feedback on how to watch movies. Movie o l o g y, Movieology. Um, you could Google it, but it's, it's also at another website. But a long story short, you could you could watch there. Um, but anyway, the ideas from the Bible. are are ideas that have been tested, they've been proven. And so it's important for us, once you do decide to follow Christ, to fill your mind with the right ideas, with the time-tested, proven principles of Scripture. Belief isn't the key to responding to life in the best way, but belief in the One who made us, who has given us His wisdom in the Scriptures. That's what matters. And so we give content to it when we put a person that we're trusting into. Box office wisdom has to match God's Word in order to be real. I want to wrap up the message this morning by asking you to think through your next step. Uh, If you would, take out your connection card that's that's in your program as I walk through this. On the back, these next steps are listed and you may want to follow along. But the first one would be to memorize Psalm 19.7. I haven't mentioned it. This morning, yet, but it's the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. If you get into the Bible a little every day, which is step two, set a goal to read the Bible and apply it X number of days a week. If you're just starting out, set your number at three, five, whatever. If you're fired up, you might say seven and then you'll beat yourself to smithereens if you miss one. But just pick a number to begin to build the practice if you're new to it. But set a goal to get into the Bible and soak it up because that's where the wisdom comes from. That's the wisdom God's provided for us for living life. It makes the simple wise. So you can memorize 19:7. set a goal to read the Scripture and apply it, and then another step would be to practice uncovering the message In a movie or TV show this week and I've given you a handout there's an extra handout with some questions you can ask this makes for me this makes going to the movies and watching TV pretty fun and I I generally react to what's being taught or said at least inside sometimes audibly my family likes to make fun of me for doing that but um, it's it makes it fun here's some really good questions to ask for instance to find out what the message statement of the movie is, what the filmmakers trying to communicate, ask these questions. Who is the hero? For instance, in The Lion King, Simba was the hero in The Lion King. He's the main character. Second, what's the movie about? In other words, what's the hero's goal? What's the, what's the goal? What's the, there's usually something that's driving the behavior of the, of the main character. Simba wanted to be king. He sang about it, but he also wanted Hakuna Matata. You know, no worries. So he, he was very selfish at the very beginning of the movie. And he wanted to be king because he saw all the privileges and didn't really can be concerned about the responsibilities. Number three, what's the hero's motivation? Why does the hero want to achieve his, his or her goal? I just told you, to spend it on himself. And then four, how does the hero or the hero's motivation change by the end of the movie? What's the shift? If there's a shift, that's the main message of the movie. Simba matures, becomes a responsible person. Now, there's some other problems with the, the general worldview of The Lion King. It's from Eastern thought. It's cyclical. But the main message of that movie is pretty good. Don't be selfish. Be responsible. Mature. Think about other people. It's it, that's that's one of the main messages of that movie. So I provided these. They're pretty self-explanatory practice this week. Give it a shot. The, the questions under identifying the value message of a movie, they're also great to use for TV that you know, you've got 20 minutes or maybe 40 minutes in a TV show that you're watching. And you can ask what is looked up to what is looked down upon. It communicates the value. How people solve problems. Usually TV shows are about solving problems. There's some problem or mystery that needs to be solved. How do they solve it? That that gives you a clue as to the world view of the people who are writing those things. So some great, great fun practicing that. Makes it more interesting for me. And then another thing you could do that I encourage you to do next step is just use the invite card in the program to invite your friends and family to come next week. We're going to start with a theme from Super 8, Facing my fears in faith. In a moment, we're going to receive our offering. Uh, Please take the time to finish completing anything on that connection card that you haven't had a chance to yet. uh, The next steps, and when the uh, uh, ushers come around, uh, put that in the offering if you would. Would you pray with me as the band comes up? Father, we thank you for the timeless, tested principles in your word. Thank you, God, for being timeless. You are eternal. You are forever true, and you have made a way for us to establish a relationship with you, and I thank you for what you've done. Lord Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice that you've made. Thank you for laying down your life so that we could have life, so that it's available to us. Father, help us to take these steps that you've laid on our heart and to live in a way that brings honor and glory to your name. I ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.